Welcome everyone to a new episode of Tachlis Sales. My name is Ilan Ifergan and I'm co-hosting this show with Alex Shandrovsky. Today our guest is Guy Kaimovich, is the Director of Business Development at One Hour Translation. And with Guy we'll talk about respecting your prospect's time, having meaningful conversation on LinkedIn and maintaining the right attitude. Let's go. Hi, Guy. Welcome to the show. You know, we start every single episode with your top three actionable takeaways. Let's get your three. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, good morning, Ilan, and thanks very much for having me here. My first tip is respect your prospect or your customer's time. These days, people are engulfed with a lot of distractions. So the last thing they want is someone phoning them unannounced, which is happening all the time. They're getting unsolicited emails, tons of messages on LinkedIn. So eventually when you do reach out to someone via the phone, email or LinkedIn, mention to them that, you know, hi, I realize that you're very busy. Can I have a few seconds of your time? By saying this, what you're doing is you're respecting that the person is busy. And you're giving them an opportunity to actually let you know if they're available or not. Because if they're not, they'll let you know. They'll say, hey, look, you know, guy, thanks for calling. Can we do this another time? But if you jump straight into the meet, if you jump straight into your agenda and you don't ask, the person's going to immediately, their defensiveness is going to kick in and they're going to just not be interested and they're probably going to brush you off. So ask the question, Be very respectful of people's time and your customer will respect it. Fantastic. Let's go to number two. Find a way to connect with people on a personal level. You're more than likely to communicate and be open to someone who you like, someone that you trust, someone that you actually connect with, someone that you've got things in common with. So how do you do that? There's no shortage of ways to find information these days. Depending on what platform you work in, I like to work on LinkedIn. Look into the customer's profile, research their blogs, read their posts, find out who they are, see if you can find any synergy between hobbies that you might have done, they might have done. He's a family guy. He likes to go hiking with their kids. Maybe you've done that as well. So at least when you do reach out, you can throw that into a message. I do that quite often. I work at one hour translation. Uh, when I reach out to people, I like to be different and unique. And I've done a lot of sports when I grew up in South Africa. So if I see someone, especially if they've got a picture of themselves cycling or hiking, I'll go, hey, John, you know, great picture. You know, when I used to go hiking in Cape Town, this is what I used to do. And generally, like people, I've got something in common with this guy. You know, maybe we can, uh, maybe we can talk about something. So find something in common. Don't just send a generic message. Connect on a personal level. Fantastic. What's number three? Number three is your attitude. Now, this goes for everything in life, but in business and especially in sales, the way you come across on the phone, emails, LinkedIn, Zoom messages is everything. You need to be friendly. You need to be relaxed. You need to have high energy. And you need to try avoid, if possible, coming across as anxious. So as an example, when we do Zoom calls, uh, specifically 
with localization managers because we offer translation services. I'll practice my breathing before the call. I'll sort of do fake smiling. You know, the mind is a funny thing. If you, if you smile, it tricks the brain into actually thinking that you're actually happy and it sends feel-good hormones. So people pick up on it. It's infectious. We mirror each other. So the key word here is empathy. Your attitude is everything. If you're going to be relaxed, calm, and happy, and, and people can sense that you're passionate about your product, they'll more than likely mirror that feeling back and they'll want to speak to you. So attitude is key. Fantastic. Okay, let's dig in. Talk to me about cold call. Do you have any kind of script that you can share with us to, to respect the time of your prospect? Sure. So... Cold calling is super interesting because it's something many of us can relate to. I don't know how many times I can count when I've been super busy at a task. Next thing, the phone rings. It's an unknown number. And a few seconds into the call, you know someone's trying to sell you something here. And all you're trying to do after that is to find the quickest and be as polite as possible, if you've got the patience, to let the person know that you're not interested. Now, for the person making the call, this can be very daunting because you will get a lot of rejection. So how do you give yourself the best possible opportunity of having a good cold call or achieving your objective? So here's some advice. First and foremost, know who you're calling. Research the company website, their social media pages, look at your prospect, their role, what potentially their daily challenges are, their pain points. You can also anticipate objections uh, which you'll receive in the call and try have answers ready. Um, in addition to a script, which is very important because it gives the conversation structure and a plan, don't follow it religiously, okay? Make sure that you've got ways you can come in and out of the conversation, if, especially if it goes towards other topics, and then you can always come back to the script. With regards to the script itself, you need to practice it before because the last thing you want to do is come across as robotic or uninterested you know it, you will lose credibility very fast so this is my advice for cold calling the more calls you make the more you'll improve practice makes perfect so on my side i would have possibly have done cold calling quite a few years ago these days i prefer to communicate with people via linkedin to engage with people on their posts to move to private chat so that eventually if we have to set up a meeting then there's a history of conversation before and I guess it's a personal preference and you'll have to test out what works best for you. Nice. Okay, so I understand that you warm your leads through LinkedIn first. So you engage in a conversation and then you go to a call with your prospect. Can you tell me how a conversation on LinkedIn look like? Sometimes it's kind of difficult to have like a conversation on, on LinkedIn as far as you don't know the guy. He doesn't know you. So what are your favorite conversation starters on LinkedIn, for example, and how you have a professional conversation on LinkedIn? That's a good question. How you reach out to the person in the beginning uh, will determine the potential relationship because generally first impressions count. It's not just a saying though. So what I like to do is, first and foremost, is the initial connection request. Don't just send a connection request with no message. You've got to chop people, you know, they might open it if you've got a lot of friends in common, but you really have an opportunity to connect because you have, I think, two or 300 words that you can send with a personal message. And I like to just let people know that 
I would really like to connect with them and be a part of their ecosystem or their network. At, you know, at one hour translation, we like to work with internet companies, with SaaS companies, with e-commerce companies, because we offer localization services. So, so normally in my message, I'll go, hi, Ilan, it's great to connect with you on this platform. It would be my pleasure to be a part of your global ecosystem. And perhaps in time, we can look at a synergy between our two companies. Now, you, you can include that last part or not, but now the person knows we're in a similar industry. You want to connect with me. You're showing them that you, you know, you're making an effort and you don't want to write too much. Now the person is connected with you. What do you do next? Now, as a first contact, as a first contact with a person on LinkedIn, you can reach out in a few days. You don't want to reach out too quickly. You don't want to be like everyone else where as soon as you connect with a person, now immediately it's, hey, Ilan, thanks for connecting with me. We're offering a translation service with a discount. Are you interested? Can I send you information? Because that's what everyone's doing. You want to be different. You don't want to spam. So once I'm connected to the person, I'll spend a little bit of time reading their posts, looking at their last activity, and what I'll do is I'll like their comments, I'll go to some of their blogs, I'll engage via sort of mentioning certain insights related to their blogs, I'll ask questions, I'll give them an opportunity to shine. And when they see that, hey, guys, you know, this is the guy, and what, what the prospect will normally do is they'll, they'll look to see when they, when they connected with you, they'll have a look, they'll say, oh, guy connected with me two weeks ago, he's engaging on my posts, he seems to be posting some content that I'm, that I'm interested in because I'm in the tech space as well. Depending on what industry you're in, you'll, you'll attract that person via your, your posts. I mean, I'd imagine that there's lots of different salespeople here in different industries. I'm specifically in the localization, globalization space, but you'll be in your industry and you'll write content relevant to yourself. So the more you engaged with a person before, eventually, if in a week, two weeks or three weeks time, you do send a message and now you've commented, liked, asked the person, they've responded back to you. At least you're not a stranger anymore. So that's like sort of what I do in, in the short term. Super interesting. So you, you, you personalize your connect request, you do some research, and then you do some warm touches until you stop being a stranger to your prospect. Tell me more about these warm touches. Do you have a process in place? You, you mentioned like two, three weeks of warming up after you connected with the prospect. How do you monitor all those touches? And do you have an actual process in place? So with regards to processes, what I normally do is because at one hour translation, I work with enterprise customers and the sales cycle with those companies is quite long that I'll normally when I send my message, I'll try to see if the people that I'm communicating with have recently been on a podcast. If they have been on a podcast, I'll make notes. And when I reach out to them, I'll normally, I'll take a little screenshot of them in the podcast or the Zoom. I'll send them a little message and I'll go, hey, Michelle, it was great hearing you speak at the localization work from home event. Yesterday, here's a picture for you. I particularly enjoyed your insight on A, B, and C, and then I'll leave it. The person will normally become quite engaged from that. So there's a whole lot of different systems in place depending on who I'm looking to bring in. But the key here is personalization, 
It's not to send too many messages. And if you can, try get into a conversation, a very friendly conversation with a person on the LinkedIn chat. And if you see that there's an opportunity to sort of take it to the next level via a Zoom call, or if the person seems like they're interested in your product, or they might want more assets or brochures, then ask for his email address, send them like that, try get a Zoom call, but try build it up organically. I think the picture part with the personalized note with some insight is gold. I want to step back a little bit and go back on your tip number two, find a personal connection. Here we have like challenges from many sales rep to draw the line between what is acceptable in terms of like, hey, we both like sports and what's absolutely creepy and like, oh, you went a little bit too far. So how do you know when, when you go too far? So this is actually brilliant because it's happened to me a few times. Like everything that I'm talking about, the positive and the negative has happened. And obviously through these experiences, you learn. So there's a very, very fine line between connecting with someone and taking it to the next level, which is coming across as too familiar because you don't know this person. It's like, why is guy asking me about my family? He doesn't even know me. But generally, you know, and I will say generally, it's how you catch the person, in what mood you catch the person. But you can sort of keep it very professional, especially in the first few conversations. Now, I'm an avid sports person. I did comedy improvisation for many years. You know, I've lived in a country with diverse cultures. So generally, when I'll send a message to the person, I have to do my research before. You, you can sort of get an idea from articles people have written. Uh, try look for them on their company website. Normally, it will tell you a little bit about the person, the team. John is a, an avid golfer. He's a family guy. Try look for them on Facebook or Twitter. Don't now follow them. Don't be creepy. But the more information that you have, you can throw in something small. And you wait. You know, you, 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 get a, you get a response back. If the person is now is not responding, you can try in a few days' time and throw something else in. But the person will tell you. At the end of the day, we are humans. We connect. We connect with people that, you know, we have things in common with. And even though it's business, because generally most of us now are working from home, because of COVID, um, there isn't that sort of strict or the rules like there was before. So you might find a lot of your prospects will see your email when they're in the lounge feeding their kids, or they might have decided to go for a quick jog, they've got their phone with them, and they'll answer you back. So generally, try not to become too familiar. Don't now send personal messages relating to politics or race or, or, or taboo subjects, but use your discretion, use your emotional intelligence. Here I have another question. Let's say you build a connection and you have like a connection. I like sport, he likes sports, and we connect on that. How do you move the conversation back to business? We both like sport, but let's, let's talk about business. How do, how do you do that graciously? You have to do it uh, slowly. 
You can't just now start talking about hobbies and sports and then go, hey, you know, we're having a special at the moment on, on our new SaaS platform. Would you like to sign? And the person's going to go like, what the hell? Where did that come from? You generally bring it into the conversation, I say slowly. Like what you'll do is you'll be talking about uh, the recent half marathon that uh, your prospect has run. And, and now you can say, you know, when I lost at the event, when I last trained and did a race in Cape Town, it took me a few days to recover. And it was difficult for me to get back to work because, you know, I was very stiff and I was tired. How do you sort of uh, mix your business and your hobbies? And then what you say is, look, you know, um, I'm looking at your blog and I see that you have the following challenge. Would it be okay if I can send you some information? Try be friendly, you know. At the end of the day, LinkedIn is a business network. You know, we're not robots here. You know, people will send generic messages, but at the end of the day, people realize at a certain point, you will take it to business. So it, it just it depends on the scenario. Just uh, use your discretion. Build a connection and then slowly get some more information specifically about his business and identify any kind of challenge that you can bounce on and to move the conversation that way. Great. Let's move to attitude. All this is super theoretical, let's say. Uh, I energy, anxious, but sometimes you're having a bad day, simply. What works for you to be back on top of your, your stuff? So you've chosen a career path in sales, and the assumption here is that you're self-motivated, You can deal with pressure. You're able to come into the office day after day with lots of energy, inspired, that customers can rely on you to solve their problems and their pain points and to generally have a good attitude because you're going to face a ton of rejection, objections from customers and, you know, hopefully you, you're able to separate between your problems at the office and at home and, and not let it affect your targets and your goals and your KPIs. So how do you stay fresh? You know, we're human after all. Um, so the best advice that I got from a friend of mine in South Africa many years ago was that it's best to sort of stay unemotional when it comes to what happens around you in sales and in business. You know, not to let your problems from your home come into the office, not to sort of get upset And take it personally if a customer that you've been working with for a few years decides to go with someone else. It's never nice when it happens, but it's how you react to the situation that will determine whether that customer will give you work again or possibly if you've overreacted and sent, you know, quite a long email, they might go, hey, like what's going on over here, you know? So what's a good way to sort of keep a good attitude and to stay fresh and to sort of take your mind off your work is find something that you can do after work or, or maybe lunchtime that will take your mind off your work. It will relax you. It will be a little bit of meditation. So what used to work for me back in South Africa was that for many years I did comedy improvisation and we would have shows once a month and I'd always arrive at work the next day in the best mood and I used to tell the stories to my customers and they would laugh and, you know, people pick up on that energy. Um, after that, I did triathlons for a few years, which, uh, which was great. We, you know, gave me something to look forward to after work. I would go to sleep at night and sleep like a baby because I was exhausted. So, 
you know, find a sport, find a hobby, something that will completely take your mind off things, it will recharge your batteries, and then you can arrive at work the next day, you'll feel a lot better, you'll be a little bit happier as a person, and it will certainly make a huge difference to your sales career. Making sure that you have something else for, for the bad day, I think it's, it's a good one. Tell me, you, you mentioned also to be passionate, but maybe for other sales reps out there that are not super interested or passionate about their product or the solution, what would be your advice to have this kind of energy when you talk about your product, even if you don't really like your product, let's say? So what would be your, your take on that? It's tough because I would say, you know, if you can work at a company where you love what they sell, you know, your prospect on the other side of the phone or the other side of the Zoom call or one-on-one, they'll pick it up. But if, for example, you don't like what your company offers and you're not that passionate as a person, you're going to have to pretend and you're going to have to pretend very, very well because if you are going to come across sort of um, deadpan or blank or low energy, your sales figures aren't going to be good. And what I would recommend is try find things in your industry that interest you. Look at some podcasts, go to YouTube, TED Talks, do some reading. There has to be something in your company or your industry that you find interesting. Get into it because if you're in sales, You're not going to convince anyone if you're not convinced yourself. And if that still doesn't help, then just practice smiling before the call, be happy, and at least when you put the phone down, you can resume to things. But if you're sending messages, if you're talking to people on the phone, you have to sort of believe in what you're selling because people are going to pick it up and mm-hmm. you can't fool anyone. Yeah. Do you have any specific sales-related resources that you go for to improve and train yourself and get better? Sure. So because I am specifically in the localization industry, for people that don't know, that relates to the world of translations, when companies want to enter into new markets via translating their website or their apps, etc. So what I do is I'll normally on LinkedIn, I'll go to the hashtag localization And all the articles, all the posts, and all the information related to that will come up. And I'll try to do as much as reading as possible. I will follow certain people on Instagram. Sorry, I'll follow certain people on LinkedIn, Instagram also, but specifically for my industry, LinkedIn. I'll see what they're talking about. At the end of the day, it's important to become an expert in your industry. People like to work with experts. Don't just be another salesperson. Read up as much about your industry as possible. I like to sort of look at motivational clips because I, I, need, you know, I need to keep my energy up. It's all very well, me talking about sports. There's certain times when I can't get to sports, so I need to know how I can sort of stay motivated. So I like to learn on YouTube. I'll give you an example. I had to catch a train to work every day from Natanya to Rehovot. It was an hour. I spent that time sending connection requests on LinkedIn catching up with people, reading about the industry, who's who in the zoo, staying relevant, what are the latest tech products. There's so much you can do. It all boils down to having an innate 
thirst for learning. The more hunger you have to learn, even if it's a little bit every day, you will do much more than the average salesperson. Learn a little bit every day, boom, you're on your way. Okay, we talked a lot about the good stuff, but we haven't talked about like bad habits. If there is one habit to break for sales reps out there, what would it be? Don't nag, don't be too pushy, don't spam your customers, don't come across as needy, anxious, don't show your commission face. You know, it's the end of the month, it's the end of the quarter, you haven't re reached your targets yet. Don't now send an email to all of your prospects in a generic hope or wish that miraculously they will now give you the business. The last thing people want is to deal with someone who's desperate because then they think, hold on a second, yeah? If your company or your service was good, you'd be very busy. And if you're very busy, you'd respond to me or you won't nag. So don't nag. Don't be too pushy. Chill out. Got it. Uh, all right. Before we jump off, do you need to plug anything? What I would like to ask people is to please, please get hold of me via LinkedIn. Send me a message. Let me know who you are. If you've been doing sales for a long time and is an area you feel that you're stuck, perhaps I can offer some value. I've been doing sales for more than 17 years on all levels of sales. So it'll be my absolute pleasure to help you. If you've just landed in Israel and you don't know where to start and people have told you to join certain Facebook groups, to spice up your LinkedIn account, it'll be my absolute pleasure to help you. People helped me when I arrived. I made Aliyah last year and it's not easy. I've got a very big network. I'll gladly share your CV with relevant people in certain companies because I know that uh, you'll do that for someone down the line. So get hold of me. I'm happy to also mentor you, meaning if once a month you want to catch up and chat and see where you're at, if I can add value, give advice, it really would be my pleasure. Awesome. Loud and clear. Thank you very much, Guy. Ilan, thank you very much. It was absolute honor and pleasure to be on your podcast and look forward to chatting with you soon.